0: You know, I've been threatening to start doing movie reviews on my podcast, and it's about time I stopped making idle threats and actually did one. I think the Halloween podcast was what I needed to kick myself in the butt. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here is the first Future Flicks movie night review. This one is for Dr. Strange. My friends, please listen on without fear of spoilers for Doctor Strange, because I will not spoil the movie for you. However, I will assume that you are not some sort of terrible heretic and you've seen all the other Marvel movies, and thus, I will not tiptoe around plot details for the earlier films. Mum's a word for Doctor Strange, but it's open season on everything Civil War and before so there won't be any spoilers, except for these. Darth Vader is Luke's father, Rosebud is a sled, Fredo betrays a family, and the killer was Jason's mom the whole time. Take that. You know, ha- actually, have you ever wondered what Inception would have been like if you dropped acid? Now you can watch Doctor Strange and find out. Marvel has had a lot of characters, so so many actually that even some of the most recent movies have had the non-initiated scratching their heads wondering who some of these people are. Ant-Man, Black Panther, Quicksilver, Guardians of the Galaxy. Who? Heck, before Iron Man, people were only vaguely familiar with the name. Thor, Hulk, Hawkeye, Black Widow were just names that People sort of knew. People were a little more familiar with Hulk because of the TV show. But that's really it. Unless you actually read the comics, you may not have even known who any of those people were. Now you do, thanks to the brilliance of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and the fantastic actors who portray the characters. Hell, Marvel Studios could probably make a Cloak and Dagger movie, and it would be awesome. But a Cloak and Dagger movie isn't what came out. Instead, we got an obscure character, again, only obscure if you're not familiar with the comics, and it worked out beautifully. So here's my review. We all know what to expect from Marvel movies. While they may have different characters or take place in different times, they all follow the same pattern. Then along comes Doctor Strange, who follows and breaks the pattern all at the same time. This is an origin story, so we know what to expect in that sense. So, in that way, it's just like every other first movie in a character's trilogy. It's just like Iron Man, just like Captain America, just like Thor, Ant-Man, and it goes on. This movie followed a pattern to a T. That's not really a bad thing, but it does get old. I mean, something happens, the character needs to find himself, because let's face it, so far it's always been a him. The character discovers, builds, learns his powers, whatever, and the bad guy's introduced. The character must train to become better. The character learns a lesson, beats a bad guy, it's all good. The question is, is there any other way to do an origin story? Of course there is! You just start the movie where they already have their powers, or have their suit, or no magic, or whatever. When Spider-Man Homecoming comes out, do we really need to see Peter Parker get bitten by a spider again and Uncle Ben get shot? No. No, we don't. In the case of characters like Doctor Strange, who may not be so widely known as Spider-Man, you can tell the story through flashbacks or, heaven forbid, exposition. Is exposition really such a bad word? It, It is actually, okay, it is a little bit in this movie and I'll explain why later. But for the purpose of my origin story argument, no, it's not. Why can't we learn about some of the origin backstory through exposition? There are other ways to endear characters to the viewers. Hell, Marvel did that with Black Panther in Civil War. Here's a guy. His father gets killed. He must find the murderer. Done! There was a lot going on in Civil War, and even then, I was introduced to Black Panther, what his powers are, well, what some of his powers are, They, they left, I believe some was left out for his movie, and what his inspiration is. So that little bit of Black Panther they showed was enough to get me to care about the character. All that was lacking was development for him. But enough about origin story rants, back to the movie. I did say that it was different from a Marvel movie just because of really the way it was presented. And I'll go over that when I talk about the CG, but I do want to touch a little on it now. And say that thanks to the nature of Doctor Strange as a character, it stopped the movie from being a straight carbon copy of other origin stories with just a new hero. So that so that part was really good. I like that. You know what? Actually, let me talk about computer graphics now. You all know, especially if you read my movie reviews on somewhatnerdy.com, that I have a very specific set of rules regarding computer graphics in movies. This is a big-budget blockbuster, so I'd have little patience for bad-looking graphics. The good thing is, that wasn't a problem at all. Doctor Strange looked beautiful, and it was a CG-heavy movie, so there was a lot of chance for it to go wrong, but it never did. I made that joke earlier about Inception, but it seems like the director Scott Derrickson, who had brought us Sinister, uh, Scott Dickerson had a major hard-on, at least it seems like he did, for the 2010 Christopher Nolan film, Inception, and he decided to take it one step further. It all could have gone horribly wrong if the right person wasn't in charge of graphics, but lucky for us, Marvel doesn't have their head up their ass like Michael Bay does, and so they did a great job. Okay, quick timeout. Pause. Timeout. I read the movie review for Doctor Strange by Wired Magazine because I hate Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic, but I still wanted to get an idea for how the others were looking at this movie. Wired's K.M. McFarlane, because why the heck use your first name right enjoyed the movie but seemed to get hung up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe's lack of women and I've seen a lot of people cry about this and I just like to point out that that isn't the current Marvel's fault these are all characters created 50 plus years ago when gender and equality were rarely uttered on the same breath I'm not defending the lack of women but if the Marvel Cinematic Universe changed characters just to make sure it we're gender equal it'd be pandering and it'd be an insult now In this era, we have more female main characters in comic books, and all that will come out once we get out of the golden, silver, bronze, get out of those ages of comics, and into the modern age. If they made a change, and it was the right choice for the role, that would be different. Julietel Ejiofor plays Mordo, who's supposed to be a Transylvanian nobleman, but anyone can see Ejiofor is black. They changed the character and then cast four, which was a great choice. If they didn't change a character and kept Mordo the way he was or was originally in comics and still cast four it would have been a really bad choice and even a great actor like him wouldn't have been able to pull it off. But the character of Mordo was rewritten and thus Chuyatel four made sense for the casting. So in that case... The the ethnicity didn't matter. Mordo being some Transylvanian nobleman was no longer part of his character. So thus it didn't matter what ethnicity he was. So if they did the same thing, if they had changed another character, if they just switch that character around... And then went, look, oh, there's this great female actor out there who has been killing it in movies. I think she'd do a great job in this in this role. That would have been different. And that would have been highly acceptable. So for all these people that cry about lack of lack of women in comic book movies, please just try and keep in mind that where this is coming from. So once Hollywood starts to make movies about comic books from the modern era, then we will see more equality because all these are coming out now. All right. Back to the movie once again. The acting. Ah, uh, yes, the acting. Let, let's let talk about that. Spotted Dick Bandersnatch did a great job as a cocky American doctor. Cocky isn't that big of a stretch for him since he does play Sherlock Holmes. But he was able to make Doctor Stephen Strange different from Sherlock Holmes. And it was weird having him speak without an accent. So he was this cocky character who was really different from his other cocky character, and he was missing the accent that a lot of people know him for, because the dude's British. Just a little while ago, I mentioned Atel Ejiofor, he was in movies like 12 Years a Slave, and he had a one-dimensional feeling to his character for a good chunk of it, though that wasn't any of his fault, it was the writing, but he did a good job, even though there wasn't much to do. Uh, Mordo really didn't have much of a character until closer to the end, when he got to show more about what drives him, and then... And only then did Chuyatel Ejiofor's ability really shine. Until then, he was just a a guide and an assistant sort of dude. And that was really it. Tilda Swinton from the Chronicles of Narnia did a great job as the Ancient One, whose complexity I can't dive into because spoilers. But I do wish they would have fleshed out her character more. The Ancient One could have been so much better better but it seems like for a good portion of the movie they were understandably focusing on Doctor Strange but they could have also fleshed out other characters in that time too so you could have been focusing on Doctor Strange but have this other character go in and go oh hey I can relate to you in this way because of this happens to me or hey by the way did you ever notice how so and so acts like this or did you ever wonder why this happens with with this other person things that wouldn't have taken away from the growth of Doctor Strange but would have planted the seeds of character development for other people. And that would have been really cool. Let's, about, let's talk about some things that aren't cool. Rachel McAdams is a fantastic actress who was woefully underused. Her character served no purpose. There were a couple of things about Christine Palmer that affected Doctor Strange during his quest, but she still could have been easily taken out and had another character fill that gap. All she was good for was a laugh, and there were even other characters that if she wasn't in the movie, you could have put in the same place and the laugh would have been the same because it wasn't a character-specific joke. Palmer isn't even, Christine Palmer, that is, isn't even a character from the Doctor Strange comics. She's from a Marvel series called Night Nurse. The first Night Nurse, Linda Carter, once teamed up with Doctor Strange and was also his love interest. So this makes me wonder why not just use Linda Carter? Oh my god, would it would it have been that hard? So you have you have this set of these set of comic books called Night Nurse and one of them has a crossover with Doctor Strange, also has a love interest. So why don't they why didn't they just make Christine Palmer Linda Carter? Why didn't they just do that? It would have been so easy. Would anyone have noticed? No, no one would have given a flying sh- So instead of using the night nurse who actually meets Doctor Strange and teams up with him and bangs him, they use the third night nurse that has nothing, nothing whatsoever to do with Doctor Strange. The third night nurse, Christine Palmer, has more to do with the X-Men than she does Doctor Strange. And the last actor who did the best with what little they were given was a bad guy. Casilius, played by mads mickelson who you would know from casino royale he was a dude that cried blood because he's so emo anyway i really like mickelson as an actor a lot and we'll be seeing more of him later this year in rogue one a star wars story but as far as far as his role in doctor strange he did a great job but the character sucked and yet the character could have been so good okay think back think way way back to when I was talking about using exposition to deal with the origin stories. Exposition was the enemy in this case, because it's a it's an example of showing versus telling. Any good writer knows the difference between showing and telling, and also that there's a time and place for both of them. Scott Derrickson apparently doesn't fully grasp these rules, and Cassilius could have been a very, very good character, despite anyone knowing who the hell he was. I had no idea who this dude was until I saw the movie and then came home and looked him up. Now I feel a little more learned about him. just a little more but the movie disappointed me with him because he had this wonderful backstory that would have been a very good way to build up the character but they just left it to exposition so we were force-fed his background and his character wasn't given any chance to express why his backstory drives him and instead he's just another crazy pants McGee bad guy okay let's move on let's move on a little to the story Okay, the story was good, but felt it felt like it did more to set up a sequel than it did like a good standalone movie. I really hope Doctor Strange and his villains play a bigger role in the Avengers Finity, Infinity War, or that more Doctor Strange movies are going to be planned eventually, because they did such a good job of establishing the universe and setting up two future bad guys for everyone's favorite sorcerer to face. But as this movie goes, the story was just okay. It was a mediocre origin story. If Doctor Strange really is going to be a standalone film, then they should have handled the story differently. They should have wrapped up some loose ends not and not even begun to promise us that we we're going to see any of these people again. They should have just wrapped up the story and had one of those, and then Doctor Strange went on to perform magics for the rest of his life. The end. They should have done that. They should have ended it like that, where at least there's some some sense of closure. And then when we see him again in Infinity War, it'd just be a cool treat. Ooh, okay. L- let's talk about 3D, because I I forgot. I forgot I saw this in 3D. Oh my god. I saw this in 3D because apparently I hate having money, and I look for any opportunity to spend it. I figured that if any Marvel movie was going to make 3D worth the cost, it would be this one. But it didn't blow me away. I was really hoping that the 3D would look great and it would blow me away so I would be so glad I paid the stupid 3D surcharge to see it, but I wasn't. Sure, I enjoyed it. Sure, it was a pretty looking movie, but not enough was gained from seeing it in 3D for me to suggest that anyone watch it in 3D. Which is a true shame. There were some parts where the three dimensions were great, and even more parts where the 3D was as useful as a swear jar for a mute. Alright, before I wrap this up and tell you my score, let me just say this. If you're watching a Marvel movie, always stay until the very end. I can't believe I have to say this. I I can't believe that I still see people walking out once the trailer or once the credits start to roll. What are you people? Ill? Just sick in the head? A lot of times there's a mid credits scene as well as a post credits stinger. So about half the audience, once the credits started rolling, got up and left because they are just awful troglodytes. And then everyone else except my friend and I left once the mid credit scene happened. So there were only two of us out of about 50 people that stayed to see The Stinger. It's like everyone else in the theater was just a mouth breather who couldn't afford to spend their precious time sitting around to watch an extra scene. Always sit through the credits when it comes to Marvel movies because there's almost always something at the very end. If you absolutely can't be bothered to stay through the credits unless you know for 100% fact that there's going to be a stinger because your time is so important, then check out a website called Media Stinger. It will tell you if a movie has any mid or post-credit scenes. But don't be a Sit through the credits. All right, let's wrap this up. When all was said and done when the stinger ended and I walked out of the theater with my friend and we stood in the parking lot mulling it over and talking about it, I realized that the movie was good. Not great, not terrible. It was good. It was definitely good enough to own once it comes out on Blu-ray or DVD, if you prefer. And it was good enough to watch again at home, though. Not good enough to watch a second time in theaters. Doctor Strange is proof, or further proof, that is, that Marvel knows what they're doing and that Disney is smart to stay out of their way and let them do their thing. Doctor Strange was a very fun movie that made me laugh quite a few times and was a great spectacle to behold. And it was a really beautiful movie and the magic looked great and the fighting scenes involving the magic looked great. And even though there was a lot of great things about it, it lacked that extra something that other movies from Marvel had like Civil War or Captain America 2 like those movies had. This is a solid movie that is very enjoyable, and unfortunately, it falls just short of being great. Doctor Strange gets an 8 out of 11. Alright, my friends, I was actually going to do a double feature today and stay in the theater to see Hacksaw Ridge, but since my friend and I decided to see it in 3D, that really made it difficult to be able to watch two movies just because the placement of the 3D movie put two hour gaps on either side of them that where that I would have had to it through to see Hacksaw Ridge and I just didn't want to do that so I promise I'll see that movie later and I'll do a review but I guess it's okay that I didn't because right now we're running at about 22 minutes unedited so that'll probably be what like 18 minutes edited or something I, I don't know I don't know You'll also notice I didn't take a break during this podcast from a word from our good friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. And you still will hear that word. I'm going to put it at the end. But I, I didn't want to interrupt the review for it. So I would like some feedback from you guys. What did you think of this? Did you think this podcast review was good? Should I do more of them for other movies that come out? Would it bother you if I put the the ad for Somewhat Nerdy Radio in the middle? Would it kill it? Would it kill the flow? Or would it be fine? So please let me hear from you, and it's time for the housekeeping, ladies and gentlemen. As always, you can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spreaker, as well as any podcast listening app, and the Somewhat Nerdy website. Do you need to reach me? Leave me a comment on Somewhat Nerdy, or the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page. Heck, leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can even hit me up on Twitter, at BilliamSWN. Email me at billiamreviews at gmail.com and be sure, be extra sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Square Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Radio network. And also check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast is another project from our very own Critter. Don't forget to check out this somewhat nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. I am going to type down everything I wrote here, clean it up a bit so it makes more sense, and post it as a review. So should you also want to read what I said, check out that website. And lastly, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, Signing off. I'll see you in the future. Imagine your